0: Welcome back to another edition of The Set Position. I'm your host, Cole Orner, along with my co-host, Zach Kruger. And today we have a couple goalkeepers on with us uh, that are currently playing for the USL side Charleston Battery. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves, and then we'll get right into our topic today.
1: Go ahead,
2: Darren, you start, my friend.
1: Okay, all right, all right. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Darryl McCauley. Um, I'm in my rookie season here with the with the Charleston Battery. Well, I played four years of uh, college ball at Division II, University of Miller, Millersville.
2: Whoop, whoop!
1: Yeah, shout out to yeah. Paul and Zach with that. Uh, yeah, and that's that's pretty much, you know, about me. Uh, obviously a goalkeeper. And uh, yeah, here I am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what an introduction. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's right I love that's it right. I love it Absolutely. Right, <laughs> all right all right guys uh, my name is Philip Brino uh, I uh, this is my second year in the USL um, I played two years of college two and a half years uh, so three seasons at UMBC uh, division one soccer school in Baltimore and then I transferred and finished my last two remaining eligible years at William & Mary. And uh, took a year off and then ended up down here in Charleston. Awesome. Very nice. Very nice. Well, yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on today?
3: Yeah, dude, Phil, I feel like we got some mutual friends because, one, I played for FC Frederick growing up and the Baltimore Bays, and a lot of my okay. team, the Bays, played at UMBC. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, someone like
2: Malcolm Harris. Oh, probably. my God. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Omar, was Omar
3: just, Ovalo was, uh, was one of my He's gurus. an animal. <laughs> 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 he
2: he's, he's, yeah, he's probably, let's see, he's probably like six foot four. Just this tall, lanky dude. And, I mean, just a monster, shredded. You wouldn't want to match up against him in a soccer game, that's
3: for sure. Yeah. He, he went to back-to-back USL... Uh, finals when he was playing uh what he, where did he play again was
2: it okc he played slow Slo park yeah yeah he's a
3: he's a great guy but uh i mean absolute monster on the field yeah i had him like yeah. when we were in high school dude he would come in and like play in, like my summer league from my high school and yep. like destroy <laughs> everybody this is like a <laughs> black kid who's just shitting on everybody i love it i absolutely yeah. love it. yeah yeah it's-
2: he was, uh, he was that way throughout my entire career at UMBC. So he yeah. never took his foot off the pedal, that's for sure. But, yeah, yeah. Where, where, when did you uh, graduate high school? What years were you playing at FC Frederick?
3: Um, so I was on the same team as Sean Baker. Um, <laughs> Sean. That group. I love Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good group of guys. I'm hoping I can have Sean on this because he's I, – I love that kid so much. And he, he's, like, working with, like, younger kids. At FC yeah, Fred. Yeah, yeah. I'm hopeful that he can he, get on this podcast at least once.
2: He's uh, the head coach of, um, I, think, I think it's Brunswick.
3: Brunswick? Yeah. 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 We're having Derek Demich on uh, in, in another episode, and she's the head girls coach at uh, Brunswick. So hopefully we can get them both on. Nice. Yeah. Just uh, get a little two for one there. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Look know this bonding already.
3: Just I know, right? <laughs> dude, me and Darian, like, like Phil, I know you don't really know me, but, like, me and Darian, we bond a lot.
2: Like, and I, I well, know our dude, Darian, really know Darian's me. just a likable person, so <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> you can't, right?
3: <laughs> if you guys have a chance to follow Darian on Instagram, you'll see what I'm talking about. Like, the dude's just great. Like, Darian, like, so yesterday was Easter. I know, like, these podcasts, we record them at different times, but, like, yesterday was Easter Sunday, and Darian, which we're, we're all in isolation right now. We can't, you know, we can't go out. We can't go home we can't see our families whatever like darian's still dressed up for easter and his own house yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Dar- darian
2: darian is good people let me just explain to you yesterday morning he comes into my house and he drops off a goodie bag that his family made and sent down to us like where do you get that ever you know <laughs> great great people
3: South
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I my my parents sent me that like a box, like a package. I got it on I think Wednesday, and it was all taped up, and it said in like huge letters, "Do not open this until Easter." And I'm thinking, no way, I don't open this until Easter. Well, like you know, I was up, and it was like twelve thirty on like I guess Friday night, Saturday morning, like early. Um, you know, playing Fortnite and everything, hanging out, and uh, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have that box open. So I immediately opened it up. Um, yeah, my mom and dad packed a whole bunch of goodies and Easter candy for me. And they had two little bags for Phil and uh, Arthur as well. Uh, who's his roommate. Um, and then they had two for my roommates as well. But uh, yeah, Easter Sunday, I woke up, got all dressed up, you know, sat through online church service and just
3: hung out, man. It is what it mom, is. My mom sent me a care package too.
1: Oh, dude, they're the, they're the absolute best. I know my siblings are very jealous of it. Cause yeah. I know when my sister visited here, uh, my parents sent a care package down with down with her for me. She's like, I never got those.
0: I don't even get care packages from my own parents. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll have I'll have uh, Mama Pam, uh, Pam and Jim, you know, send a send a care we'll package up. for you guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, appreciate it,
3: I appreciate
1: yeah, it, Darian. I appreciate it. Of course. <laughs>
3: yeah. So uh, you know, I, I I love the conversation already. You know, I'm just kind of curious on how you guys got to. You know, to the position you're in, like when we when in your life did you guys decide to be a goalkeeper and kinda of go that route. Darren, I'll let you start this one off. Mine's a little long winded.
1: All right, man, all right. Um well, I don't even so I don't particularly remember the date, but I do remember uh some good friends, uh like family friends of mine, Matt Delarfano, like the Delarfano's and everything. Um the stars there, their parents, uh like their fathers coached us, you know, ever since Six. Like we had the same team growing up, uh, West York Soccer Club. And uh, I I do remember partially like just diving around in the mud a lot when I was younger. And <laughs> it was the first practice, apparently, that we ever had. I was just diving around, saving ball to ball, or even the ones I couldn't get to. I just loved playing out for it in big old puddles or anything like that. And uh, at one point, I like dove for one and slid probably about 10 feet after I dove, just got a huge running start and just kept sliding. I looked up at the coach and said, did you see that? And this is no joke of like a legit story that Troy tells everybody, um, how I got started and from that day on, like the goalkeeper position just kind of stuck with me. Um, there you go.
2: So just pretty much
1: where it all started, I suppose. Um, and just kind of stuck with it from there.
2: Very nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Mine wasn't quite as, like, a definitive, like, moment as opposed to kind of, it it just kind of fell upon me. Um, You know, growing up playing youth ball, I never really played, like, super competitive soccer, you know, it's just like the, in my own little region, you know, travel ball up until, like, high school, and I was still playing, you know, goalkeeper, field, wherever really my coach really wanted to play me. I was one of those, like, pretty versatile players. and then. I don't, you guys don't really know me, but I'm like six foot three. So like I was one of the taller guys and I could kind of like be really placed wherever. Um, and, uh, once high school kind of rolled around, I had, you know, the decision to stick with field or stick with being in the goal. And, uh, my high school coach actually pulled me up to, varsity to be the backup for our goalkeeper who actually ended up I think he played either at like Air Force or maybe I can't remember at the moment. But anywho. Um and uh so I was just kind of like given the position of goalkeeper at varsity. And so I was just like uh like okay I might as well just stick with it. So then the next year um somebody told me about this thing called ODP. And uh, at this point in my life, you know, not having played super excited to soccer, uh, I was like, oh, well, I'd love to play ODP. uh, But like, I'm really focused on goalkeeper now that like my high school coach wants me to play. So then I try out for the goalkeeper position on my ODP team, ended up making it. And uh, that's kind of how it like stuck with me. Uh, At that point, you know, it was just kind of like full, you know, full foot on the throttle kind of thing. Straight up goalkeeper, and then the the following years, um, only for my club team did I play goalkeeper. Actually, in high school, my coach wanted me to play uh, midfield, so that's what I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't even
1: know if I can picture Philip
2: in midfield. <laughs> I was an absolute animal, and that I I let me. I'm gonna preface this real quick because I don't want to act like super cocky. I was, uh, I, the only reason I earned this award was because of how large I was and just how many head balls I won in the midfield. But I ended up being somehow all safety. Like it was just (laughs) an absolute (laughs) anomaly. Nobody knows why or how. And I just, it just like came across me. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was a, it the The reason, um, the reason why I stuck like playing high school soccer was because uh, at a certain point I also played academy, um, and right around the year that I made the academy team, the following year was going to be that division where they were like, okay, academy players can only play academy. So I was just like, look, I'm, I'm, I enjoy playing for my high school. Um, I enjoy like that aspect of my friendships with with all my buddies on the team so i'm not going to give that up so then i actually stepped away from playing academy uh my junior year into my senior year and uh played for a pre-academy team so yeah i mean uh it just it was just kind of something that uh ran with me after my first year of freshman soccer so right
0: nice
1: that's fantastic actually and you guys Cole,
2: Cole and Zach, you guys got to understand when,
1: like, Phil prefers that, like, you got to understand he is probably the least, like, cocky person you'll ever meet. Like, like arrogant, arrogant, I could say. He definitely is confident and, like, whatever with that. And there's just swagger, but, like, yeah, like, the cockiness and, like, the arrogance, like, in a bad way, it's not there whatsoever. So I thoroughly believe he was a beast. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, man, like, honestly, when I was a kid, I used to, like, going into, like, my freshman, sophomore, high school. I was so arrogant, and I was so cocky, and it was awful. Like, Darren, like, you would have hated me. Like, I know you know me now. I'm like, Cole, you know me now. And, like, you guys were like, oh, wow, he's such a nice guy. Like, dude, in high school, you guys would have hated me. Like, I was a dick. And, like, no one liked me. And I, it took me a little while, of, like, to figure out how to communicate with people and how to be a better teammate. But that didn't happen until you know. I got my – Do you think that we like you now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, uh, it took me like getting my sh- you know my you know my shit pushed in a little bit to figure out like i'm hum- be humbled a little bit you know mm-hmm. but yeah i totally no, feel that always room for growth my friend yeah it was it was um it was, it, i had a. I we have a weird story too which we'll get more into as these episodes go on but um to going from like playing for the bees to then like uh, to not playing for the Bays, which was, like, we were top ten in the country at the time. And, like, I got to play with a lo- the likes of, you know, like we talked about Omar and Malcolm and all those guys. And, like, that team was just so good. And then I lost that uh, – my parents got divorced and they, uh, you know, they didn't want to pay the money. And so I was like, all right, whatever. So then I, I joined FC Frederick. And that's kind of, like, where things started to change for me a little bit. And I had to figure some things out. But, um, no, like, so, Phil, you were on that team, right, in, at UMBC that made that run to the Final Four. Right, yeah, yeah what, yeah. what was that experience like? Because that was nuts, man. That was
2: nuts. It was, it was, it was one of those like surreal things. Uh, the my first year, I was you know one of those guys that really wasn't even traveling, and then the next year I came in, uh, and they actually put me as like the starting goalkeeper. and I was like, okay, this is like, I mean, honest, to, I'm gonna be completely honest with you, you know, it's a lot to you know put on my plate because I mean, we were playing against like uh. We like at the time UNLV was pretty good. We, we traveled out there, we played against them, uh, played against like UMD. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, like Navy was like top 25 that year. I mean, we were just playing yeah. with some really good, some really good teams. Uh, next Stefan was on Maryland at the time. Just gonna throw that out. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a- I remember we played against them that year. Twice. Cool, so I he was. I played
3: against them. The, what
1: was that with on the team at that, t- that point? Bro, I don't mean to interrupt.
2: No, I think he graduated by
1: that point.
3: He got drafted already.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, I wasn't wow. sure.
2: This was this was uh what's His the name? oh gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. And I feel like I'd be racist if I started throwing up Asian last names. Um uh so it was some Japanese uh like winger who's also oh, on the uh, team. So the he team. plays
1: for who does he play for now in the MLS? I know exactly he's not you drafted
2: call. by the revolution, I think. Yeah, I can't remember him, but so, I can't remember his last name. But that was uh, that that individual player was there. So Zach Steffen. Um, that those were like two of the most notable guys that I can remember from that team. I was um, at the team in the NCAA tournament, and uh, oh, so no. we so our first our first game against them, we tied. Yeah. It was regular season, but that was like when we were. I think it was like we were ranked 11 RPI and they were ranked like two or three and it was one of the most surreal experiences ever you know like uh 10 to like 11,000 people were at that game I mean it was like you know it was like a state rivalry at that point yeah. Not even like we had a state rivalry or any rivalry between UMBC and Maryland it was just like
3: and if you guys dude, have been to powerhouse. UMBC the setup is so sick like lot 17 is like they what they call their fans and it's insane. Yeah. Like, it's this huge hillside, and it's packed. I've been to a ton of games there over the last couple of years, and it's just a really, yeah. really cool environment that's not, like, the, a big, huge school. You know what I'm saying? No. The, the, the soccer
2: following in Baltimore has exploded, and that is 100%. Uh, I wouldn't say 100%, but majority of it is dedicated to the UMBC team and Coach Pete um, And But, yeah, that, that is a really cool venue. Uh, but, anyway – straying a little bit away from your question. Yeah. Uh it was it was absolutely insane because that season, I mean, it, there was like an up and a down. So like I actually uh lost the the starting goalkeeper position which was like, you know, this huge eye-opening experience for me. It kind of like, you know, knocked me down a peg or two. Uh let me like reevaluate myself, but then like we were we we started losing like midway through the season and then our team came together. We like all uh you know it was like this hoorah kind of thing like okay we're gonna we're gonna do better and you know slowly but surely we ended up winning our uh conference then our conference tournament and then it ended up uh we ended up where where did we go our first game i think was wake forest i think and then we beat them at wake forest and you know wake forest is like always top 10 and yeah. then we go out to maryland we play maryland we beat them, and I think it was like an overtime. I think it was like Malcolm scored that game. And then uh, he did the yeah. following game. the following game we played against Louisville. I mean, we're just playing against all these insane teams. And then we, 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 we went against Louisville, who just built this like three, four million dollar stadium, so like that place was packed.
3: Yeah I'll and tell and
2: a work guy on that, on that Louisville team, too. Uh, a Bayes guy. What was his name? Campbell?
3: Yeah, Shane Campbell was Shane, on that. Yeah, Shane Campbell. Yeah, he's a Dallas Town kid. Yeah, um, yeah. He was,
2: he's was about thirty minutes. Yeah.
1: minutes
2: so um, so yeah, I mean, and then we go from Louisville and we go out to Creighton, and, and these are all like top, you know, like some of the best, like um, some of the best teams that have had like just great history in soccer, you know. So we were just playing all these teams, and it just honestly didn't even feel real. It was. I don't know, and then we ended up losing to uh, UVA. Um, yeah, but, but it was uh, in, in the Final Four. But it was like one of those things where like at this like Final Four, um, it was like a whole weekend kind of thing. I just you know you just felt like you were treated like a professional player. You're going out to like a banquet with like uh, like you know like people are like having speeches, and then there's like awards given out. It's it's a really cool and fun experience. Be uh, be completely fair with you. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it was definitely one of those one of those uh, those those moments in my my history book that I'll never forget for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I
0: mean, that's a that's a great experience. And I think it's one that all of us as goalkeepers hope to possibly experience one day. And it's that's uh that's incredible. And that that journey that you've kind of had to get to where you're at now, Phil, um, is is amazing.
3: You said that you you started UMBC, but then you transferred to William and Mary. Why, or, or, or do you think that really helped you? Because uh, you said you went through like this, like the this mental, uh, I guess, like change. Did, is that something yeah. that helped you, or helped prepare you to get to where you are now? Or yeah, see, so there was there was it was like a twofold
2: kind of thing. Reasons as to why I left UMBC. Um, one of them was more of like a like a connection thing to uh players and uh such on that team so i didn't i'm not going to go too far into that but then secondly was you know uh was the whole like i wasn't playing um i believe that i could play it wasn't like i i deserve to get played you know it was more like you know billy who was the goalkeeper at the time was playing phenomenal and I didn't want to take that time to, um, I, didn't, I didn't want to take the time to kind of just like wait for my turn. Uh, so uh, when I was playing FC Frederick for, when I was playing for the MPSL team um, that FC Frederick made, I think it was like my sophomore year at college. Um, you know Bo SK, right? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> bo, bo kind of reached out to me and was saying that they were having an issue with goalkeeping, and that um, if I was interested because I had been throwing the idea around to will his son and uh, Jackson mm-hmm. as well, um, if I was interested uh he wouldn't mind being like a, a, a an intermediary like a like a middleman between um coach Norris me and uh you know my my situation because um, NCAA rules you're not allowed to speak to coaches. Um, so you know it's a big it was a big leap uh, and I wasn't guaranteed anything. Uh, you know Coach Norris is very upfront and he uh, you know he's very well spoken to. Um, and he was just like, look, like I can't guarantee that you're going to be starter like we're bringing somebody in that we think could be a starter in a few years and then also um the guy that we currently have as a starter like he has shown us in the past that he can be like one of the best goalkeepers in the nation he's just in like uh you know a little drought a little situation like he's just you know not performing like he was originally Mm -hmm. so um so i you know it was it was kind of like a little bit of a gamble um I thought that the transfer was uh, a good situation for me academically too, because William & Mary is just like a really well-respected yeah, well, uh, um, uh, institution. And so I thought that, you know, if soccer never panned out, then, uh, you know, I'd have a really good education to fall back on. And that was kind of the the driving force for that too. So uh, after, after I kind of left UMBC, uh I kind of got in contact with uh coach North at I uh, um when Mary and the mm-hmm. rest is kind of the pieces kinda of just fell into place. Nice.
0: No, it's a it's a great story and it's um it's always interesting because you never you never know what's what's gonna happen when you when you kind of make that transition. And it sounds like that transition worked out positively in your yeah. favor and kind of definitely helped trigger your career to to get you to that
2: next level um, yeah and and if 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 I were to say, you know, like this is gonna sound so freaking cliche, but <laughs> if, if if there is something that I could take out of this experience of uncertainty is you know like take the leap, you know, like i there like i felt I felt like I was how do I describe it I felt almost like I don't want to say not trapped at UMBC but I felt like you know there were so many ties and I was like I feel comfortable here enough to just like you know ride it out like right I'm gonna I'm gonna be I feel like I'm like betraying so many people but like there's also that other side you know the other side of the fence that you could that like that, that there's so much open potential and you know it, I was, you know, cold feet for so long, you know, and I was shaking when I was going to talk to my coach about the whole transfer situation at UMBC. And I was just like, yeah. there were so many things that I like almost like, like just shut me down. And I was like, I'm just going to, you know, be here and I'm going to stick with this, like UMBC. But like, yeah. it was the whole, like, I had a conversation with my dad about it and it was just kind of like taking that leap, like putting yourself in an uncomfortable position.
3: Uh, yeah,
2: testing. Testing, you know, I don't know, but yeah, that was it. Was it was just like one of those um,
3: cliche experiences that I yeah, no, it makes it makes complete sense because like UMC has always had good goalkeepers. I mean, go back to Phil Saunders; he's a great goalkeeper. You know, yourself and Billy. Billy was, you know, he was rostered in the MLS for a little while. So like, Mm -hmm. it's just a tradition of good goalkeeping there. And if you're if you're not getting opportunity, then you need to be able to create your own opportunity elsewhere. I think that's the, the, a good mentality to have, honestly. So, you know. nice. yeah. Well, Absolutely. hey, I mean, so, Darren, you kind of had
0: a little bit of a different path. I mean, obviously, sticking four years out at Millersville University Division II school where uh, Zach and I both played as well um, yeah. and having a very successful career there. How did that kind of set you up? Do you feel it set you up very, pretty well for getting to um, the Charleston Battery? And how did that experience go for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, four four years at Millersville was, you know, it was. A, I think that was a great experience for me. Um, I think what you know helped a lot is that I had like the coaching staff there pushed me to a different level. Um, you know, and Steve Woodison, You know, we had Steve McCabe come on for my junior and senior year. Um, everything else like that, who are you know like Coach Woodison, obviously a goalkeeper guy, played came up through what Barnsley Academy, yeah, and awesome. you know played professionally as well. You know, so he coached at the USL level with the Harrisburg city Islanders for a number of years. So he had plenty of connections in a way with that. Um, and then like, for me, you know, like my freshman, my freshman year was, you know, it, I won starting job. Very well could have lost it at many points throughout the season. <laughs> Cause it was a, it was a rough, it was a very rough freshman year for me. Um, with that being said, we still made it to the conference final, unfortunately lost two to one in that. Um, you know, but I think that was kind of a wake up call for me cause I was like, okay, like I have this potential, um, you know what I mean? Like the coaches put their trust and belief in me, um, since day one, essentially with that. And, um, like, like I said, it wasn't given to me, but I had to earn it. Like I didn't start any of the, uh, preseason matches until the last one on um, my freshman year. Um, cause I kind of had to prove myself along the way with that, but You know, I think the real kicker where things like kind of like set into me was after my freshman season in the fall, you know, I became a lot more fit. I dropped about 20, 25 pounds or so, Um, you know, just started taking things, not that I wasn't taking them serious before, but I I started taking things really to heart and really serious. and, you know, the four, the four years being there, you know, I played for, what, the Harrisburg City Islanders Academy, um, USL Academy after my freshman year. Um, and then uh, the next year played for, uh, what was a Hershey FC there a little bit. I know we did a little bit of training there with that. And then um, the following year, like this past summer, you know, I was with training with Reading United, um, USL 2 each which was fantastic training for me with that. Um, you know, just to get reps around high quality guys, a number of who like are professionals now who are going to be professional in the very very near future. Alex Bonham was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, Alex Bono was there a couple years back.
2: Yeah. Um, no no kidding. Been,
1: ben Ben Blunt. Yeah. So like I like with that. So like a high high level program, you know what I mean? With that. So that was great for me to be able to, you know, like I said, I didn't play any games. I wasn't rostered for any games, but I was there every day, training every day. You know, and um, I feel like i I proved myself well with that. And I think that really was another wake-up call for me as well. Like, hey, like, I can do this at this level. Um, You know, so after, you know, it was great winning conference championships junior and senior year. And, you know, I had a very serious talk with a widow um, right before my senior season. And then halfway through it as well, um, you know, like, just talking to him, like, hey, you know, like, do you think, like, this is something that, you know, you think that I could get into, um, you know what I mean? Being a professional and you know, how, how can I get there? And, uh, we had that talk twice. And then like at the end of the season as well, um, he was like, listen, like, I I think, you know, you might as well take a shot at it. Um, you know, he's like, I think you got the the pieces, you know, to, to turn into something, you know what I mean? You have a lot of upside and things. So like, he really gave me a lot of confidence, you know, moving forward. Um, and he would, he would reach out to teams for me as well. You know, got me in a, a few trials here and there, Um, You know, reached out to different coaches for me, everything else like that. And then um, he sent me, you know, he was the one that sent me the combine info for like PSC, which is a combine that I ended up meeting. uh, Dusty Hudock, who's, you know, a filmized goalkeeper coach here at, uh, you know, at Charleston here. So, you know, it was just, it was just fantastic, you know, to have that support, you know, all four years, obviously get to have that push in the back as well. Like when I'm not performing well Um, and it was just, a great great experience really all four years at Motorsville. and uh it, it just was one of those things where I set my mind to it Widow helped a good bit the whole coaching staff helped a bit and I think I performed well enough and fortunately landed where I'm at today
3: is your trade any different like now than it was when you were in college I mean either of you could answer that but like it, how is it different? You know, it's just the tempo because that's we always tell people right. Like the tempo is just higher. Like the expectations are just higher. But it, is like your daily routine different, or is like the training different at all? Being at the professional level,
1: um, I would definitely say yes, but at the same time, like so, so there are very similar drills that we do at the uh, professional level compared to college. At least I know I did that with with Widow because you know, obviously he. he, he Was a goalkeeper coach at the professional level so that helped prepare me i think but at the same time like it's a lot more like you said higher tempo uh there's some more things that you have to be more particular about um you know like i know phil like especially is very like ocd with his hand shape you know like if you know like and it's always finishing the set as well like every time i know i watch him especially because you know he's number one and i just want to learn as much as i can from it you know, watching him with his handshape, you know, how like to move your feet, like it's all the little things that make the largest difference with it. Um, but like you said, as well, like there's a tempo,
2: um,
1: and everything else with that as well as definitely advanced on um, the quality overall as, as well.
2: Yeah, just to kind of like, <laughs> elaborate on that a little bit. Um, you kind of hit it on the head, the the drills, you know, aren't really different. Um, it's, it's more, it comes down to more of like an, an analytical approach, um, being able to kind of, uh, perfect and round out those like sharp edges in your game, you know, and having the, and having the, um, uh, the, 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 um, the coaching staff to like really hone that, that, those uh, skills in um, is is what I think is, is different. Um, nothing against any of the old, other goalkeeping coaches that I've had in the past, but I know specifically our coach, Dusty Hudock, um, he is, you know, he sees everything and he, I mean, yeah. he will stop you in the middle of a set and he will like absolutely roast you and, and he'll just be like, this is, this is, like, you are not doing this right. Like, you just yeah. don't understand it. But then he, like, he will he will get your attention that way, but then he is, he is really good at keeping your attention and making you feel confident enough to the point where that you can execute what he's saying properly. And then, you know, we also have a really good goalkeeping culture within like the four of us, you know, the three goalkeepers and Dusty and uh, like, we all just kind of like feed off of each other. So like, you know, they, there's always like a, a nice little pat on the back whenever you do something right, and like if you're not doing something right, usually somebody that does do something right, it's like, hey, this is what's going on, mm-hmm. but uh, and 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 tries to help you out with it a little bit. But yeah, no, I, I it's 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 kind of it's kind of um, it, it's kind of a tough question to answer. Um, yeah, it's you have to you have to experience it yourself, and I don't know if I really. Nailed it on the head, but yeah, if if I were to say it, something's a little different, it's more of like really understanding why you're doing what you're doing. It's not just like going through the motions anymore, because right you know a misstep is the difference between a goal and a nice save or a very comfortable save, which is what we always want to have, right? Yeah, we, the 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 most perfect situation for us at any point is never having a tough shot to save, because you were always prepared and in the best, uh, most optimal position possible. Right? Yeah, That's something that I definitely
3: coach a lot of is, is when I'm working with my goalkeepers, it's, listen, this could be a held, uh, a save, or instead of a, instead of a corner kick. You, you know right, what I'm saying? Exactly. So I think that's huge. That, that's such a big point to yeah. make, limiting uh, rebounds and limiting other opportunities.
1: Oh, yeah. Especially at this level, like if you make one little mistake, you're getting absolutely punished for it. And that's something I would absolutely – noticed as well with it like i make i make one little mistake that you know i maybe don't move my feet as much or i don't put the ball in the correct area and next thing i know it's coming right back at me or in the back of my neck you know and it's that's obviously a good feeling
3: (laughs) definitely
0: well hey well let's finish it off here with this last question um and we'll kind of wrap this up from here but till you kind of started touching on this just the fact of um there kind of being this goalkeeper union and us constantly working to Uh, improve each other and not necessarily tear each other down yes there's always that maybe that guy in front of you but the best thing you can do is to be a teammate to them and be that union and help push them to be successful so Darren I'll go ahead and let you lead that off and just kind of say how you feel the importance of that is and then Phil take it from there
2: yeah yeah
1: no it's it's definitely huge you know what I mean the goalkeeper union is very important to have that culture and I think Dusty's done a fantastic job with us building that culture you know what I mean where it's not too like yeah it's buddy buddy like we're all great friends but at the same time it's like we're all competing we're all pushing each other because we because we all want to get better and like with that being said you know someone makes a mistake we're right there to pick pick them back up um, you know and we, we want to push each other to get better we want to have that culture among ourselves um, you know what I mean like Phil and I and then Paul as well who's our other keeper you know, we we talk pretty much daily. You know, and Phil or Paul is my other roommate. Uh, Phil, you know, we talk all the time and hang out when we can with this whole social distancing thing. But yeah, the, the entire culture, the entire atmosphere that we have going in training, um, you yeah, know, that whole whole pick me up attitude, like it, it's huge and it's absolutely massive because you you want to provide for the team, you want to do your best for the team, and you know, at the same time, you you don't want to give up any easy goals and you want to better yourself each day. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um it's, it is uh, something that all goalkeepers have to deal with. You know, you as a as a team, you have to have more than one goalkeeper. That's just a fact. You just need to have multiple goalkeepers, and a lot of players take it, you know, almost personally. You're like. okay not a lot of players but some players take it personally they're like i need to beat this guy so i need to be like uh you know dick towards him or like if he doesn't do something if he doesn't do something well like i'm going to be much happier than when he does something uh when he does something you know good for himself and uh that's just not a culture that i've ever gelled with uh and it's just something that i i know as like a player myself don't want to be put in that situation. Thankfully last year when I wasn't, you know, the, the the starting goalkeeper, um, the other two goalkeepers that I was with were just great individual people. You know, like off the field they were phenomenal people. And then even on the field, you know, uh we were always, you know, communicating with each other, just like like this is what's going on. This is uh this is uh something that you're doing wrong like What's going on in your head, and it's 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 more of like a it's almost not as quite buddy buddy as you'd think because at the you know if you boil it down it's like you are still competing with each other, um, and you're still competing for this position, but it's like you you do form this 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 bond and this friendship, and when you don't uh when you don't have this like uniform uh, cohesive, gelled group, it, things can get messy really quick. And uh, and I personally believe that I've seen the most success from people, from, from groups that feel confident and feel comfortable with each other. And uh, I mean, I hope that, <laughs> I hope, Darian, that that is how I portrayed how I feel towards us all, right? Um, oh, absolutely <laughs> yeah so i just i just uh i just tried to uh make the the other guys not feel as though you know like i'm towering over them uh because you know i just happen to be the the guy that's starting in between the posts that day it was it's, you know every practice is different and i gonna kind of boil it down to the point i was gonna get to if there are multiple types of goal of of really anybody um, any player on the field. Uh, there are you know players that play for themselves and there's players that play for the team and if uh you want to be uh, a team player and you honestly believe that to the core of you know you, who you are as a as an individual you you want your other goalkeepers to be playing well because you know hypothetically you go down with an injury which always as possible in this game you want the um you want that uh that that next guy up to perform just as good as you if not better and if i'm gonna if if we have a toxic environment on the team then there's just in in the goalkeeper union then there's just a lot of i don't know tension that could be built right. up everybody's right. not performing at their top level. And I want to be put in an environment where I'm playing at the top level all the time. So then like, like if I can make it, if if I can be a part of the reason why that's
3: happening is, is you know, like I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah, I think training is just more fun when you're with someone you like and you enjoy working with, you know, like yeah. for, oh for me, I'm sorry, yeah, I was know, kind of like, I'm it, it just, I'm going to work twice as hard because I'm, I'm training next to somebody that I know is going to serve me a good ball and that cares about me. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember training with people that I could not stand being around and I train close. Yeah. Right. Darian. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, Phil, we have a good, we have a great time in training. Um, obviously we
1: have like, you know, we take things very serious when we like obviously have to, and we must, I mean, we always take it serious, not to say that, but like we do have like some fun while doing it. Um, especially in, like, finishing drills or stuff like that, that's when, like, you know, the banter comes out and the trash talk and everything else like that with, with like, us, like, the goalkeepers against the field players. And let me tell you, we get some people fired up. <laughs> and, yeah. like, like it gets to a point where, like, I mean, I obviously, like, you guys know, like, I'm a big trash talker, especially when, like, I can, you know, I'm getting under your you skin
3: yeah.
1: You know, um, with that, so, like, you know, like, in trainings and stuff, like, in, like finishing and stuff like when we make a big save you know like we're gonna let them know about it or when they're not putting anything on target we're gonna let them know about it and it's that much more fun when it's you know the whole gk you let them know like our coach gets in on it And like i mean it gets to a point like it got to a point before where like our coach is like just shut up darian like just stop <laughs> talking and then we have Augie. then we have Augie, our head coach come over while we're stretching he's like darian say something else if he misses again <laughs> you know, like, kicks, like, you know, like and like they oh, understand wow. it, because like, it, it makes everybody else like you know gets everybody else involved um, and raises that. But at the same, like what we're training as a as a goalkeeper union and everything like that, like training with people that you know you get along with, but at the same time know that you know you're gonna like push them as well. It's just that almost like camaraderie with it, where it's like okay, we're here, but like you know, let's you know, make each other better. And like Phil said, you, you never know, like, who's going to be in next. Like, if something – if someone goes down with an injury or anything else like that, you want everybody to be prepared, um, you know, like, for the entire team. Yeah. Also, no, I think
0: we uh, – I think we all definitely enjoy that um, environment and thrive in it when it does happen. Um, I do kind of have a fun question to kind of finish this off here, and we'll go ahead and wrap it up um, for both of you. If you weren't a goalkeeper, what position would you play?
1: Go ahead, Phil.
2: If I wasn't a goalkeeper, I would probably want to be as far away from the goal as possible. Spend some time <laughs> on the other side of the field. I'd be a striker. I, I'd choose. I would choose when I would run. You know, because you know, I'm not really like super field fit. You know, so I would uh, just just run whenever whenever a. Uh, Across is coming in. I
3: don't
2: know. I, I I would go up for headers and crank some balls from 30 out, probably. You know.
1: Nice.
2: I love it, Darian.
1: Oh man, that's a that's actually a tough one. I part of me wants to say a center back just because I can still direct people, but at the same time, like that's pretty tough. Still, I think I'm gonna have to go with Phil on this one and, and say striker um, as well because you know my finishing abilities are impeccable. And uh <laughs> I would choose i choose when I'd uh wanna completely to, uh, go do a run.
0: No, I think That's uh awful.
1: that sounds awful, but yeah, what about you guys?
0: Oh, um left bench. Left left bench. <laughs> left bench. Love it.
1: Is it right bench or left out?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Oh for for me it would I think I'd have to be a center back. Um I just love being able to see the whole field from that from that standpoint, and um, I enjoy hitting a nice sixty yard ping every now and then.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm a little bit different. I mean, like when I was in high school, my freshman year, we had a really good goalkeeper, and like he went on and played, you know, college soccer. And I didn't want to like be that freshman jerk that came in and like was like, "No, do get out." But like he was good, man. Like he did a really good job. So I was like, "All right, I'll play the field." So I, I, I was a forward. I think I think um, a good goalkeeper knows how to beat a good goalkeeper. So, like, for me, being a forward, I, it was just easy to get some goals, honestly. Especially in, like, York County, which you guys know is not good. So, just an individual. But, like, this is not a good team. So, for me, at a small school in York County, PA, like, I could rack goals up. Like, it was nothing. So, I knew York Yeah,
1: that's fair. York your County, it's, it's a different brand of soccer. But I think part of that, like, you know, a lot of guys play academy. Um, so, I think that's why, like – the levels aren't completely where it could be. At least when, at least when we played, you know. Well, I, I, played.
3: Played. I think it's better now, but like yeah, when wow, yeah. I played,
1: it wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was, there was, it was a bit interesting.
3: Like we played, I like think- uh, Phil, I know you know this. Like we played Middletown in, like preseason out of Frederick. Oh, yeah, Middletown was
2: pretty good. Yeah. And they beat
3: us like it was like eleven nothing man. Like they they killed us. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah,
3: I mean, there was just majority of SC Frederick guys.
2: So, yeah. but you were you were I, you. I'm not hundred percent sure I didn't quite hear exactly what you said earlier. I think you might've alluded to this, but you know, being a goalkeeper, you see the field and what people should be doing. So I feel like I have this, like this, like better I'm. This is me speaking out of my ass probably, yeah. but um, <laughs> I feel like I have like a better understanding of like where movement should be for players on the field. So like if I were to hypothetically have to ever jump in the field, You know, I feel like I would have somewhat of an idea. You know, it's not like I'm just being thrown out into with the sharks or whatever. Yeah, it's like uh, (laughs) like I feel like I see sometimes, you know, I'm just uh, not going to throw a name out there. But if like a striker is like making a run. and You're like, why are you making it in this way? Like this guy is on this side of you. And then like this entire side of the field is open. Like, why wouldn't you make the run there? And like I just feel like that me having that perspective and then me being able to see it like up closer would be a lot easier. Yeah. I don't know. So that's that, that, would be, that would be another reason as to why you know like playing that position up there. Yeah, like, I can. I just I can I can back that for sure. And this so this goes back to
1: preseason in, in Miami when we were down there. Um, we. Uh, oh yeah. We our first. Our, our first oh, yeah, geez. Our first game we played. Well, our first game in preseason I think down there. Yeah, we played. uh Minnesota United, yeah. so, like, you know, Phil, Phil played the first half. I played, like, I think, like, 20, 22, 23 minutes or so the second half. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we wrestling a lot of guys, just giving guys some some runs and stuff. Well, um, you know, one of our guys that was playing, you know, he was about in the 70th minute or so. He started to go down and stuff, so I came in up top as a striker.
2: And this oh, is this me. Had me. Red, red socks on, yellow shirt.
1: Yup, know, red socks. Like our keeper kits were red. So I had the red socks on, but then I had the yellow field kit on. So I'm out there against Minnesota United of the MLS running, running around, just playing striker up top, trying to do what I can. Like I'm not as like I like I'll be honest, I'm not as fit as I am now for that at all. And just <laughs> You know, I'm trying to do what I can, and it ended up I actually had a had a shot, and I thought didn't think I had as much time as I did. Apparently, I ended up putting it side netting um, that anybody else probably would have at least put on target. <laughs> but uh like I put it, I put it wide side netting, not the good side netting. Um, completely missed it, and then we ended up getting scored on in like the 90th minute, and then lost three to two, I think that match was, or something. I, I forget what the score was with it, but either way, like there was one that could have made a difference, and. I was like, this was my moment to shine playing strike and stuff. And at first I thought like, at first I, at first I thought the coaches were kidding. They were like, they like, put a, put a yellow top one. Like, we're going to throw you on up top. I was just like, ha, yeah, right. And they're like, no, like seriously. <laughs> so I was, I was kind of shook. I was just like, yeah, you know what? Like what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, that I go up top and make a fool out of myself. I think everyone's getting kind of beat down anyway, but like, after the game, it was cool. Like I remember, like Tyler Miller, you know, who's been in U.S. national team, like LAFC, and like, then came up to me after and he was like, "Man, I thought you were gonna, like, you know, score there and stuff." Because like he was out, he was out, not in goal at that point. But so at the same time, I was just like, all I could say was, "Hey, man, thanks, big fan of yours." Deep <laughs> I was just like, man. So I'm, like, how did I get it from Millersville University to like here and you know? three weeks time and I'm playing against, you know, these guys, and of all places I'm playing a
3: tough, as a nine. I'm like, this is a
1: joke. <laughs> yeah. But well, uh, crazy. <laughs> no,
0: it's, it's, um, great stories from both of you. We really appreciate, um, your input on this and kind of talking to us a little about the professional side of goalkeeping and your pathway to get there. Um, so thanks again to you both Phil and Darian for joining us today. thanks for having us yeah
1: yeah of course thanks for having us
0: a lot of course zach thanks again for your help
1: yep always
0: (laughs) so well we appreciate it guys um so thanks for joining us on this episode of the set position